Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. Hello, everybody I, I out there. It, I got it right that time. I almost you messed it up. That's right. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with that, but I draw a blank whenever I'm, I'm trying to introduce you here lately. It's the co-host cohort Yeah, it, it's a tongue twister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what you been up to? Um, as usual, just busy working, but also having fun on the weekends as being a father and, you know, and having fun in the backyard and... Doing yeah. activities. I experienced a little bit of that fun this weekend with yeah, you over at the right, pool. Yeah. And thank you for having us. The You're kids welcome. enjoyed it as, as always. But yeah, I mean, it's it's it, here we are still in the midst of all this COVID stuff and and the resurgence and yeah. you know it looks like we're going to clear up and then here we go again with things shutting down. At least here locally, I know they've shut down a lot of things that aren't you know like a lot of the bars that that basically that's what they are bars they're mm-hmm. not restaurant bars or at least you know a certain percentage of their the watering sales or yeah are right. coming more from alcohol than than yeah. food so you're seeing that we're in the midst of all the of all the schools whether we're going to be in school or not you know here locally in the in the public school system they've actually even sent something to parents that says you know um you choose you know whether your child goes to stays home and is is taught virtually or if they're going to be in person and whatever decision you you make is what you know what you're going to do for the whole year yeah pretty much is what it when it came across to us now we're uh fortunate enough this year to be able to send ours back to um to the catholic schools so i and the bishops sent, sent a letter out today that talked about that they will be back in session uh for physical school so sure with pro- be protocols, cool I'm sure there'll be in place. Right, right. right. But you, you look around and you see a lot of just the stress, right? You can tell the tension building again. Folks are just, we're all tired of the of being cooped up and and, and just all the uncertainty of everything. Um, and one of the biggest things that, that you can see on people's faces and you can hear and, and, and you can see people fearing is just, you know, the financial impact, mm-hmm. right? Like people start going, well, man, my, my 401k took a nosedive and and um, you know what am I going to do? How am I going to pay my bills? Especially for people that that, that their jobs are affected by all these sure. things. And and you know it really made me look at it at the word rich. You know we heard that in the scriptures this weekend uh, Sunday, where you know it was the parable of the sower. And the last bit of that it says you know but the seed sown on rich soil is the one who hears the word and understands it from Matthew thirteen twenty three. Um, and I, I don't know just during mass I started to think about that word rich. And what does that mean? What does it mean to be rich? And obviously, like a lot of things, there's two different definitions. You know, the world has a definition for rich and what it wants people to believe and what it wants you to to adopt in your life and in a series of, of philosophies to live by versus God's definition of rich. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was looking further into that. And just as I, as I kept diving in, you know, the familiar things come back, the parable of the rich man that you know, that, that walked away because he couldn't give up his possessions when Christ asked him, you know, when he asked Christ, what do I need to do to follow you? And he said he'd done all the commandments that, that you know, Christ recited back to him. And he said, then, you know, sell all your things and follow me. And he couldn't do it. Um, then there's other things in there that talk about building up, you know, your treasures in heaven. There's, um, there's, there's all kinds of things, including this verse from 2 Corinthians 8, 9, that says, for you know the gracious act of our Lord Jesus Christ, that for your sake he became poor, although he was rich, 
so that by his poverty, you might also become rich. Now, to me, that's the true definition of what it means to be rich is that Christ who had everything, right? He didn't have to come down here. He chose to, to come down here and, and become um, poor, you know, and, and, and what this verse talks about so that we could become spiritually right. rich. Like he sacrificed for us so that we could be reconciled to the Father, so that we had an opportunity to to go to heaven and experience the treasures of, of getting to love God and be in his presence for the rest of our life. Um, now, the, the world would tell you that rich being rich means it's about being wealthy, being powerful, um, having things, financial security, all of that. And in the Christian view, as we just heard in that in that verse, is really freedom, peace, love, joy, family, relationships. Um, and they're two very different things. Um, and I believe like when you look around the world right now, and a lot of people that are really just, and I'm not talking about the people that have lost their jobs, but I'm just talking about people that look at the financial impact and, oh my gosh, I may lose things, I may lose this, I, I may, you know, these possessions that I've amassed, I may not be able to have anymore. There's a lot of that out there when you watch the news and you just, you, you look at social media. I mean, there's a lot of this, this worry about, I'm going to lose things I have. And the problem with that is when we build up our trust in things and in money and all of that, then we're not building it up on what we truly should be, which is on Christ. That our trust and, and our value and our our our, our um, desire to be rich should become from a spiritual place, not from a, a worldly view of possessions and what we have. And and because at that point you become enslaved to those things. I know I lived both of those lives. You know, there was a time in my life where I made a lot of money and I had a lot of things, and that's when I found myself in addictions and trouble and. And, and, you know, money was a God in my life to the point where even though Angela had a job and had a salary and I questioned everything she spent money on because it was my money, it was my things. You know, you become like that ugly troll thing in the Lord of the Rings. It's like my precious, right? right. It, becomes, it becomes our precious. It becomes our idol, our God. And, you know, then I've had the, the opportunity here um, when I quit my job at Napa and walked away from you know, something I'd been doing for 23 years in a retirement and the, the peace of mind of all those things to follow what I felt was the call of the Lord, you know, in my life to go into ministry, um, you know, took a job that didn't make anywhere near what I used to make and uh, trusted in the Lord. And even here recently, you know, after a year and a half losing that job, you know, all the wonderful things that it took me to do, all the people that I've met in the Catholic world and around the world period um, in traveling for those things, all of a sudden, you know, when that went away, I, you know, you've been aware of this, you know, in my life in the last six, seven months, been without a job. And, you know, it was it was frightful at first. I was very scared. I can remember sitting in my bedroom floor, as I've said on here before, you know, kind of crying out to God going, what, you know, what's the deal? I've given you everything and, and now I don't have a job. I don't know how I'm going to support my family. You know, I, I, you want me to start this, this nonprofit. I don't know what I'm doing. All of these things. And, and at this you know, shortly thereafter, he drops the VCC in my lap, right? Like a couple weeks after that, you know, just go, God, what am I going to do? I'm going to lose everything. I'm going to lose everything. You know, and, and and I've tried to follow your word and all those things. But he wound up showing me, you know, that I just need to trust in him and follow the plan and, and, and believe that he's a good and gracious God and he's going to take care of me. And over the course of that, even when the VCC came along and Matt Engle and I had that first conference, you know, we didn't know what the future was going to be. We didn't know that if it was going to be a singular event or if we're going to be able to keep doing the things that we've done in these other conferences. But the whole time, like, 
this is really, it's opened my eyes to just what being rich truly means. Because God allowed this time in my life to show me about the things I didn't, what was important and what was not. You know, instead of looking at it as, oh man, I don't have a job and where's money going to come from? And I started to look at it as, man, look at this time I'm getting to spend with my children. Look at this time I'm getting to spend with my wife. Look at this time I'm getting to spend growing in, in relationship with God. You know, and, and I started to understand like, wow, that this this richness is found in the spiritual life, not in this in the things of the world and all this stuff that the world would have you believe that you got to have and that that's what you got to have to find joy and peace is financial stability and and all of these different things. It's really in the fact that peace and joy I found that was less than I've ever had in my life, and it's a, it's a lesson that I think is one that we can all learn. Is that yes these try these times are trying, but as long as we have our faith and our trust in God, He's going to take care of us. If we're building up that that rich soil within us that, that we heard about this weekend, then and, and trusting in that, then we're always going to be fine. We're always going to be okay. And you have a better shot at finding that peace and that joy. Now, I'm not saying that if you make a lot of money to be ashamed of it or to 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 you know get rid of it or anything like that. It's just saying don't become enslaved to it. You know, really look at your life and figure out what's important to me and where am I finding peace and joy? And if I'm not finding it, why? Well, I was reading your notes right here, so mm-hmm. read that for me, or that Padre Pio, because you know he's my patron saint. So oh well, you're skipping ahead. So, well, well, I think it's important because you're you're hitting it right on the nose. Is, yeah. that, is that you know the concept of uh, of wealth, mm-hmm. riches, and the the human mindset, you know, the human mindset away from God, the self love of ourselves mm-hmm. is more focused on possession possessions right yeah and and the more possessions you have the more the possessions end up owning you mm-hmm. because you're paying bills you're 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 doing things so you have three houses or whatever and next thing you know you're overextending yourself yeah. right so the wealth that Christ is talking about like they lost the pearl in the field and all that mm-hmm. stuff you find the treasure is that what's most important is dwelling in the sense of giving up of yourself and to really follow Christ, that the rich ruler wasn't able to do that. Yeah, but but we're at the point now where a lot of us are suffering because our comfortableness of our life is being like well, slowly in, taken it's away. Question, yeah, right, it's, it's, it's in question. taken away, and the stress is starting to happen, and anxiousness is starting to happen, and and the reliance on ourselves is, is slowly being pushed away from our confidence, right? Mm-hmm. And when when we remove ourselves of, of our false self confidence. God kind of comes in and says, okay, now you made room for me. What are we going to do? Yeah, that's the question. It's like the gut check we talked about a couple weeks ago. Well, and you, I mean, one of the points you made too is is when you start, when your life becomes about possessions and amassing all this stuff, these safety blankets that we all want, you know, we have to have this much money for retirement and this much, and, and we're really not trusting in God. We're saying like, I need to build all this myself, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm securing all this. But the, like you alluded to, with that comes the enslavement to those things because now you built this life and you got to keep it going, right? Yeah, you if keep somebody going. loses Wear a job or, out. Yeah. or it's never enough, right? It becomes, well, you know, hey, I'm, I'm going to get this and I'm going to get that. And, and now I got to have this thing because I've made this much more money. And, and uh, you know, it, it becomes something that you become a slave, enslaved to it. It's always not only have I achieved this, but now I have to keep it up. I have to always continue so I can I, I can experience this this place of comfort that I'm in and you know 
that's one thing. I, you know, over the last seven months, I've I've had a, a job opportunity that you know was supposed to happen for over a long period of time, and I often wondered why it didn't. And you know, here about a week or two ago, um, they presented an opportunity, and I looked at everything with my wife, and I went to spiritual direction. We prayed about it, and we just looked at our life and said, okay, what we found now and the abilities that this has allowed us to grow the 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 um, the VCC to grow. Um, the the uh, nonprofit of Pew Ministries, all these other things, it's allowed us this. And you know what's been more important to me is instead of you know giving my day to a company from eight to four and then everything else I'm doing, trying to build this this ministry, trying to build the VCC and being busy from the time I wake up until midnight every night, that that's not as important. Like that's not worth whatever money would have we have we would have added to our stockpile or to our savings. What was important was the fact that when my son comes back there in the middle of the day and says, Dad, I really want to spend time with you, I could shut my laptop and go spend time with him, right? I could, When my wife says, you know, John, I'd really like you to help me with this, or could you clean house, or could you do something for me? You know, I can do that, right? The freedom to be there for my family. And now we all don't have those opportunities. I get that. But what I'm talking about is it helps me find love. And that's where we really find rich, you know, the, the, the richness of, right. of the spiritual life. Um, you know, there's a there's a uh, country music singer I like a lot, Chris Stapleton. And during this time, you know, there's just been a couple of songs that have been on my mind that, you know, sometimes you're just sitting there and something comes on and you go, wow, that's not a coincidence. Well, it was one of his songs I hadn't heard before, and it was called Millionaire. And one of the lyrics, he says, some say love is more precious than gold. It can't be bought and it can't be sold. I've got love enough to spare, and that makes me a millionaire. And that's what we're talking about here is the difference between the idea of the world that I've got to have all these things and, and being rich means amassing all of these goods and supporting myself and, and there's no way that I'll ever be in any financial burden versus no, I'm rich in the things that matter and the in the things that Christ talks to me about. So when you think about that, the difference between treasures on earth and treasures in heaven, you can go to Matthew uh, six, nineteen through twenty one, and that will tell you that uh, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and decay destroy and thieves break in and steal but store up treasures in heaven where neither moth nor decay destroys nor thieves break in and steal for where your treasure is there also your heart will be and there's the truth right if i'm concerned all the time with keeping my lifestyle or amassing all these things letting my possessions possess me then your heart's going to be in those things that's where your treasure is going to be and our focus, as Christ tells us many times in the scripture in many different ways, should be on the kingdom of heaven. How do I get myself, my family, others to heaven? And if we're always worried about our, our security and, and all of these things, the things that the world tries to get you to convince you that you'll be rich if you just check off these things and amass these things right. versus the heavenly things, then, then we're always going to find ourselves in trouble. We're always going to find ourselves in anxiety and worry and distrust and, and fear. Whereas if we build these things up in heaven. So, you know, how do I store up treasures in heaven? Well, I want to go back to the verse we talked about Sunday, right? That was in the in the gospel. But the seed sown on rich soil is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields a hundred or sixty or thirty fold. That's Matthew thirteen, twenty-three. Now, so I looked that up. I go, okay, I'm, he's he's talking about rich soil. Well, what does it mean to have rich soil? Like actual rich soil on you know dirt. Here we're talking about. Well, the definition I found was it says soil has microorganisms, nutrients, minerals, water, and oxygen. 
All these elements contribute to healthy plant growth. Good soil means well-fed plants that bloom more abundantly and produce bigger and long-lasting flowers. Attention to your soil is the best way to make your plants look their best. All right, so that's a definition of dirt, right? But let's look at it in the context of what Jesus is saying. Like, so what would be the things that we would need to have rich soil within our hearts? And if you look at if you're looking at that, all you have to do is look at the Catholic Church to look at our faith. You know, our nutrients for good soul or our soil are the riches of the Catholic Church. Right. It's the sacraments, right? The Eucharist, reconciliation, all of these other sacraments that we have out there, the other seven the other rest of the seven, the virtues that we learn about, like prudence and, and, and uh, fortitude and justice and humility, all of these things. Though in the Word of God, the Scriptures themselves, those are the virtues and, and the things that we need that's going to build up that rich soil within us so that we have an opportunity to get to the ultimate goal, the treasure of heaven. We cannot get there if we're not building that rich soil within us so that where we're those seeds that Christ has sown can grow and be fertile and, and, and blossom and be abundant, like it says about these flowers. And so we can go out and do what he's called us to do. Um, but we cannot, like, like, like it says in the Bible, if we're not in, in that verse, if we're not feeding this soil, if we're not, you know, uh, fertilizing it with the, the riches of the church, then it's going to become barren. It's going to become rocky. The seeds aren't going to take birds are going to come down and be able to pick them away. And, and our lives are not going to be what they're called, what, what they should be and what Christ calls us to be. And therefore we're not going to be able to attain that treasure in heaven. If we're not paying attention to the rich and fertile soul of our hearts. Well, the generous of God throwing seed everywhere, uh, even a farmer would tell you that's a waste of seed, you know, because it costs money to, to seed, mm-hmm. and therefore you want a crop to come in to harvest. But the love of God is is quite profound because there he's saying, I'm giving everyone opportunity to know me. Mm-hmm. And uh, depending on what soil we are from time to time in our lives, uh, development, um, I'm sure there are times where, in teenage years and college years, that was a pretty thorny kind of soil, you know. And there are moments of brief, brief of, of dedication to my life to Christ, and then there's moments where I, it waned. Um, and I hope eventually that I'll, I'll re- remain the good soil. But again, the danger is that whenever I uh, or we come into contact with thinking we're better than God, or we know better than God, or we rely on the wrong things instead of God. We we have the tendency to become rocky uh, mm-hmm. and shallow, and to where um, the word doesn't really stay long within our hearts. And and what you're what you're going through is is pretty much the step by step process that we all have to realize that. Hey man, what soil am I? Right. What, what am I right now? As I'm listening, what, what would I really truly define myself in? Well, and you have to realize too, just like a garden or anything you're trying to grow outside, whether it's you know fruits and vegetables or plants or whatever, if you don't pay attention to them, they're going to die. Like my father has a you know an acre and a half garden in our farm. He's out there every day watering, picking away weeds, uh, you know, pulling down the ripe fruit, uh, checking to see you know how how uh, ripe or at what point the the rest of the garden is and when they need to be picked like he's taking care of the garden he knows when he has to till the till the soil he knows when it's time to fertilize all those things because if he leaves it alone for even a day or two it's going to dry up and it's going to die and that's what happens to our spiritual life that's what happens to that soil that has once maybe been rich that can be dried out and barren if we don't take care of it and you know, to your Padre Pio quote you want to hear earlier. Finally, that was, okay, go ahead. That was after I'm true ready. riches do right, not. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry, sorry. All right, see, so now you're messing it sorry. up. You're so anxious, <laughs> you're messing it up. All right. So, 
True riches do not consist in worldly wealth. They consist in the virtues that we make part of our lives and that will become our eternal treasure. Boom. That's it right there. What we talked about earlier, those nutrients for the soul are those virtues, the things that we are, we're told by Jesus to practice in our life, humility, meekness, um, uh, charity, uh, you know, um, almsgiving, all of these different yeah. things that we're told to do in the church. That's what keeps that soul fertile. That's what keeps it rich and allows us to be able to, to one day be rich with the treasures of heaven and not fall prey to this world. But, um, you know, because here's the thing, like you look around the world, if we sought God the way that we seek wealth, status, fame, and, and approval, the world would be a holy place. But it's not because our attention is on the things of the world. The devil dangles this thing out there. Well, they've got a pontoon boat. Maybe I should have a pontoon boat. Man, they got a big house. Maybe I should have a big house. Well, you know, I need to have... Um, you know, five different contingencies, you know, of, of savings plans in order so that I never once have to feel insecure. But that's the thing. Like the call of Christ is to trust. It shouldn't matter about ever feeling insecure because if we're truly trusting in God, then we we truly believe that no matter what happens, He's going to take care of us. Now that doesn't mean like you sit back and you go, I'm not going to work again, and I'm going to blow through sure. everything that yeah. I've saved and all that. We're called to be good stewards of what we have. But the difference is when I put my trust in God, like then I don't have, that's where the peace and everything else comes from. Like I was saying a little bit ago, I've never felt more peaceful in my life with less things that I have in my life because I'm sur- I've, I've surrendered completely until totally to God and I'm not bragging on myself. I'm just trying to use this example of what I've learned in my own struggles and my own tribulations and, and the own trials that I've gone through in the last couple of years to explain to other people that if you can get to that point where you truly just say, Lord, like, I don't know what's going to happen five minutes from now or a year from now, or if I should take this or not, decision makings, you know, how this impacts my family, if I decide to take a job, if I don't, the things that I've had to go through, Oh yeah. then I just eventually say, God, this is what I feel you're leading me to, and I believe that you're a good and gracious God, and you're going to take care of me because I'm doing my part to try to be what you've called me to be. And if we can get more people to live in that way or try to trust in God in that manner, then, then the world will look a lot different than it does right now, where things are all about fame and fortune and what kind of popularity I can amass and, and really stepping over people to get what I want and to be in first place versus living the truth of the gospel, which is to love you know your God and love your neighbor. But we don't see a world that really reflects that now because we're, we're seeking riches in something else other than what we're supposed to. So... You know, there's a couple things here I want to go through, too. Uh, one is another quote of, uh, from Mother Teresa, and this is something that, that really hits on what I'm trying to say about what I've learned in the last few months of the time I've given to my family and, and the freedom of how now I'm in the point in my life where I would much rather have that time and those memories with my children who are all under 10 and with my wife than I would ever have another X amount of money from another job and pile something on just to say, I'm doing things right. I'm doing all this, and and and, uh, and I'm doing whatever I can to to secure the future of my family. So this quote from Mother Teresa, she says, "Everybody today seems to be in such a terrible rush, anxious for greater developments and greater riches, and so on, so that children have very little time for their parents. Parents have very little time for each other, and in the home begins the disruption of peace of the world." Now think about that. She's basically saying like all this the disruption of peace that we see in the world this just craziness that goes on in the world is beginning in our homes because we're we're spending less and less time with our family 
Now, because of quarantine, obviously, we're spending more time with mm-hmm. our family, but are we spending the right time? She points to a lot of the disruption of this in the world comes from because we're busy with other things. We're seeking other things than what Jesus has called us to, which is to love our families and to be present, to be good fathers and mothers and husbands and wives and, and all of these things. So we're we're out here searching and seeking these other things because we bought into the myth and the lie and the and the 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 tale that the world has sold us about what we need to be happy, what we need to be joyful, or all these things. You get all that, then you'll be happy. And what most of us have found out is that is the furthest thing from the truth. Right. We get all these things and we're still not happy. You know, I know plenty of people in my life that have more money than I will ever make in my life. They're some of the most unhappy people that you will ever find. Well, do you think they're battling a disease? I think because I think people who have wealth want to accumulate more. Yeah, and it's, it's never kind enough. Of, it's like a competition to themselves. Like, wow, I made this much money this month. Maybe next month I can make more. I, I don't know. I'm perceiving that because you know I've never been in that that mode. Yeah, you know. Um, but I know what it's like to kind of be kind uh, to 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 chase something that's sure. not best to do. Well, and I know I know we're getting here towards the end of the show, and a lot of times. We have how-tos, like you need to do this, this, and this. This week, I just want to wanna ask people some questions to ponder, right? This is what I want you to think about, because there's a life that's waiting for you that's built in the riches of, of Jesus Christ and the riches of the spiritual life, and we should be looking towards heaven always with the ultimate treasure in mind of loving God and spending eternity with Him. So here's the questions I want people to think about. One, what's really important to me in my life? Two, am I living for the treasures of this world or for the ones in heaven? Three, do I struggle to find peace or joy in my life? Four, what's holding me back from truly trusting in God? And finally, five, what is my plan for becoming more detached from the world so that I may become spiritually rich? These are things that we all need to be asking ourselves, not just one time, but every day. We need to be taking uh, note of where we are all the time in relation to God and the call that he's put on every one of our lives. No matter who you are, the call is to live for him and for him alone. And everything else is secondary. So ask yourself these questions and truly be honest with yourself. And and you can get on the path when you're being honest and you can see where I need to tweak to living your life for the riches that God calls us to and not the ones of the world. So here we go. These things seem to fly by. Victor, we're at the end of the show. Just uh, in the words of St. John Christendom, the rich man is not one who is in possession of much, but one who gives much. So keep that in, in mind and as, as you're living for the riches of heaven. So in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, the devil tries to lure us away from you with the snares and empty promises of money and earthly treasures. All you have to do is take a look at the world and how obsessed it is with wealth, power, and prestige to see it. Help us to truly seek you instead of these false treasures. And Father, give us the courage to follow you so that we may find the joy and peace that comes from being spiritually rich. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.